Views and opinions discussed are purely those of the individuals who have shared them with us and are not to be used without permission. We may discuss some medical topics or items. Do not take this as medical advice. It is purely for information and entertainment purposes only. Welcome back to the Cairo Life Podcast. This is episode 10. Uh, I have Danny with us and Aaron Hallahan. Um, it's been a while, Danny, hasn't it? It's been a while, yeah. We got busy with the student clinic, uh, which which went well. <laughs> and now we're in outpatient clinic, and uh, that's a little slow, but we'll touch on that too. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely been a change of pace. But uh, anyway, we have Erin here with us. She is a 13th quarter student from Canada. Erin, introduce yourself a little bit. Yes. Hello. Um, I'm Erin. And like they said, I'm 13th quarter. I'm from Calgary, Alberta, Canada. And I'm currently living in San Diego, California, doing my preceptorship, which is a pretty natural way to end your 13th quarter <laughs> and uh, uh, approach graduation, which is coming up. So thanks for having me, guys. Thanks for coming on. Um, how does a Canadian such as yourself end up down in California? Um, well, once I finally decided I was going to pursue chiropractic, started looking into schools, and there's only one in Canada, and I wasn't super keen on living in Toronto. Didn't really seem like mm. <laughs> so. I started looking at some in America, and I was kind of just I didn't really look too far east, being that I'm from further west in Canada. I pretty much was only looking at California and Oregon. And uh, I had lived on the west coast of Canada for my undergrad, and it was a bit rainy and cold there. So I pretty much chose the California route based on the weather. Um, And then it was just like the cherry on top that um, I ended up at Palmer West, which is in like beautiful California, and that they had a lot of stuff to offer me that were... um, that I could sort of see myself being a part of in terms of like the chiropractic realm, which was like sports-based, evidence-based chiropractic. Um, but I will say going into it, I was a little naive and didn't know a lot. So learned a lot along the way for sure. Absolutely. We're definitely going through that process now with the switch of quarters and whatnot. Um, but um, how, how would you describe your experience at Palmer West thus far? Now, have you, are you prepared for graduation and what's coming next? No, that's a great question. Um, challenging for sure was what I would say the experience is. I think going into grad school, it's like, oh yeah, I'm going to grad school. Like no big deal. Um, forgetting that it's a doctorate program. It's very intense. It involves a lot of sciences in the first couple of years. Um, I thought I'd have more of a life in California than I did, but school was like, do I feel prepared? Uh, as of right now, yes. If you had asked me at the end of 12th quarter and coming out of uh, outpatient clinic, I would have been nervous to say yes. I was a little unsure and not as confident in my abilities for sure, but unsure that like if a patient presented to me with something certain that I would like be able to catch it now being a month or so into my preceptorship and being kind of out in the real world of the chiropractic realm. Um, I'm definitely feeling a lot more confident in my own skills and, and knowing that like, this is definitely something I can do and something that I can be really great at. That's awesome. Um, what do you think bridged that gap for you? I asked because 
I'm kind of sitting in that same spot. Like I feel confident in some of my abilities, but not so confident in the fact that if someone walks off the street with something I'm not confident with, am I going to be able to handle it? So how did that gap get bridged for you? So that's exactly it. I was like, I haven't seen all the possibilities of a patient presentation coming out of the Palmer Clinic. I think we are really fortunate that um, we get uh, a lot of patient presentation, but um, it's not everything. And you're yeah. not always going to see everything. And now that I've been out, even just in three weeks, and maybe this is because I got very fortunate with my preceptor and we're seeing like a lot of different cases, but um, I've seen a lot, even in just three weeks. And now I'm almost uh, at the point where I'm like, I think I've seen probably the majority of what's going to come in to a chiropractic office anyway. And if it is something more serious, those are the th- like the red flags that they, you know, put the mm-hmm. fear of God in us in school for to catch and be like, okay, if I'm not the person that's going to help you, I know where to send you. And so I think like bridge does come from preceptorship, which is why I would highly encourage anybody to actually take that opportunity to leave the school clinic and go out into the quote unquote real world of, of private practice or corporate or wherever it may be. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that this is like a really invaluable experience, something we should all do. I was going to ask you about that. Mm -hmm. Uh, what do you think about the argument, though, that staying at Palmer for your precept or staying at any school for your precept is better because you get the chance to adjust, whereas we know that some preceptors out there don't let you do that? Yeah. Um, I mean, maybe not everyone would agree with me, but coming out of the clinic, you know you're a good adjuster. Mm-hmm. So preceptorship is adjusting is not the end all be all in terms of a preceptorship. You have the skills in your hands and they're not going to leave you. Yes. You can be a lot better at them if we're using them more often. Um, But the consensus I'm hearing is that it really is hit or miss with precepts. Some are letting people adjust like crazy. I know the VA, they adjust all the time. And then some people kind of get one or two here and there or, you know, depending on the patient, but I will say like, Going into my preceptorship, it wasn't the adjusting skills that I was after. It was more like confidence in being like a good doctor and finding those things and knowing how to treat certain cases. Someone comes in and they have a, you know, you know, they have TOS or something in the cervical spine that's causing ridiculousy. You can adjust that. And I think that's because we know we're good adjusters. We come from, you know, schools around the country that are like teaching adjusting really well. I think the the biggest thing with preceptorship is gaining that confidence. So I guess like that's my roundabout answer of being like, sure, you can stay in the clinic and a clinic at any Cairo school and adjust till you're blue in the face. But um, I think what separates like a good doctor from a great doctor is like knowing when to adjust and what to adjust and like how to treat it, not necessarily being the best adjuster. Right. But that's just my opinion. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had no plans of staying uh, here for a freedom. It's just something that I heard uh, in the intern workroom, I guess, um, more and more. Yeah. I also don't think it's a bad thing to stay there either. I've heard of people that have great experiences there as well. I think it just depends what you want out of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I uh, I think the student clinic, at least at our school, provides a kind of limited experience. You kind of touched on it that, um, you were able to see a lot more in your precept um, than what you were able to see in, in the student clinic, even though you do have access to all of this population of 
San Jose. But depending on what routes you use, that population is going to be a different demographic than what you maybe want to treat or what you what might present with a different uh, sort of patient presentation. Um, but let's back up a second. Why chiropractic for you? Yeah. Um, okay. So quick backstory. I have a business degree, an undergrad in commerce. I started working oil and gas in Calgary, Alberta prior and then had this epiphany life moment where I was like, I don't want to work in corporate. Like this sucks. I hated going to work every day, hated sitting at a desk, hated working on a computer. And I was like, I got to do something. I got to be, have, find something more fulfilling. So long story short, went and worked at a multidisciplinary clinic was thinking PT for sure. My chiropractor there was like, you need to work here and see everything that's going on in here. Massage therapists, PTs, acupuncturists, and chiropractors. And then there was some like Pilates and personal training and stuff going on there too. And about three months probably into it, I was like, okay, sign me up. I'm applying for chiropractic college. The reason being was quicker turnover of patients and not necessarily because I wanted to treat more patients, but because patients would come in in like crippling pain and they'd walk out completely fine. And I'm not saying like, we all love instant gratification, right? But I just thought that the course of treatment from what I could see from a Cairo standpoint, just aligned a little bit more with me. Like, yes, there's still treatment and yes, you have to find the root of it and it's going to take some time, but we do also have these like tools in chiropractic that can provide some quote unquote instant relief in some sense. I still think there's a place for PT. I love and respect PT so much like physical therapy for sure. And I really think that we could all work in tandem together and do a lot of the time Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um but yeah I don't know and then I guess like we'd all be lying if we didn't say that we want to make a good career and want to make good money and I think like seeing more patients per hour you're making a little bit more money it depends I guess it depends what the PT price is um but just course of care and kind of like what the skills that chiropractors have in in comparison I think that was like my thing for chiropractic nice I, same here i really like the autonomy that chiropractic has versus pt if you like pt is kind of dictated by um by referring clinician and by the this is what i've seen in hospitals by the kind of insurance based the person presents with this so you can only do a b or c whereas mm-hmm. in chiropractic we can kind of do whatever we deem is best and then we have a lot more physical tools i feel at our disposal um but totally our scope perception. Is, yeah, yeah our, our scope, scope is bigger huge and we can do you want to be a functional medicine doctor go ahead and do it you want to work mm-hmm. in rehab strictly you can be a chiro and be a rehab doc you want like you can do so much as a chiro you want to do just fascial stuff and like maybe the odd adjustment you can do it whereas like sometimes i feel like the pt box is a little bit smaller whereas we can sort of spread our wings and kind of go whatever route we see fit mm-hmm. which is exciting yeah. Same, same reason for me too. It was, uh, it was PT first. School was hard to get into. It was super competitive. Yeah. Like UBC, UBC needed like, uh, basically wanted a 4.0 and extracurriculars and like nobody was getting in. And I saw that. I was like, Ugh. and then I just, again, I, I did my undergrad. Um, we had to do like a 80 hour shadowing thing. And I did that with my Cairo and I was like, all right, this is what I want to do. So much better. Yeah. I'd be lying if I said that like the 
the route to get into PT school was going to be very difficult for me. And it was a little bit easier with Cairo. So that was also kind of like a, yeah, a definitely. had I been super set on PT, I probably would have jumped to do it once right. I have seen that. And then I was going to have to almost take a whole new undergrad to even apply to PT. Cool. Same here. Yeah. Same here. And I had everything yeah. for Cairo. So I was like, Oh, well, why not? And yeah. I love it. So happy, but still one of the best decisions I've ever made. It's crazy how common that story is. The more people I've talked to about the wide chiropractic, it's always PT first and then nope, either the path was too hard or they saw a chiropractor that they changed their mind sort of thing. Reason being though, is there's a lot of PT schools. Like they're almost attached yeah. to like a lot of the big universities, whereas chiro schools are their own entity, right? Yeah. And especially for us with one chiro school in all of Canada, like yeah. I never thought about it until I started doing research, right? But true. Yeah, yeah true. Okay, so um, for we're going to do some tips from Aaron real quick. For students that are interested in chiropractic school, what sort of tips would you have to, to provide as far as whether it's research or things to look out for? Um, what made a biggest difference for you when you were looking at schools? Um, my biggest thing is go see the school. Like absolutely do not choose a place to go until you've seen it. You've met the people. I've heard of lots of people going to certain Cairo schools and they do the prospective student event and whatever. And they're like, Oh God, like could not see myself here or even just going to the city, you know, like mm -hmm. maybe you don't want to live in Portland or maybe you don't want to live in Minnesota or wherever, maybe winter's not for you or whatever. Um, I think overall, like uh, for the most part, I think a lot of the Cairo schools are generally the same. I think the biggest yeah. thing that sets them apart from each other might be just philosophy and how they force, like how they view chiropractic as a profession. And I think as a student coming into chiropractic school, you need to figure out kind of where your values lie in terms of that. For me, I've always been like a very sciencey brain. So I like evidence-based, like there's research behind this. This is why it works. Um, and less of the, I don't know, like innate flowing and this is a philosophy <laughs> from, you know, whatever. And like, I respect that if that's how people view it, the profession, which again, just shows how like dynamic this profession is. Like there's so many different takes to it. Um, but to know kind of what you wanted to get into and like the grass is always greener, you know, like you could go somewhere and be like, well, school down in the other state is better. I'm going to go there. Okay, go try it out then. But like, yeah. I don't know. I guess you are not going to know until you get there. But those prospective student events, I think, have got to be the best thing. Because to come and be, to be able to talk to students that are currently in the program, you're going to learn way more from them than like the student advisor that's just trying to get you to come to the school, right? Like they're always going to tell you all the shiny stuff about the school, but really talk to the students and be like, what's going on here? Like, do you like it? What, what's good? What's bad? And then weigh your options that way. Absolutely. What yeah, about now, also, next step? Sorry, go ahead, Dan. Another thing I just want to add on is I think the students, you need to know that you want to do this. It's a, it's a pretty big step. And, mm -hmm. and we've seen people that, you know, come out here and then like a couple weeks into it, they're like, Oh, this is that. Yeah, I mean, if you get here and you're like, oh, I don't really believe in this. I don't like it. Or like, oh, I don't like having my own neck adjusted. 
how am I going to get this program or something like you got to get on board. You're either in or you're out because this is not a program for the faint of heart. Like it is grueling and it is a really tough couple of years. And when you think you're out of the like really hard academics, the whole stress of clinic and treating and having patients literally in your hands is like just a whole other ball game. Mm -hmm. So got to be prepared. That's for sure. And I don't think I was, but (laughs) you learn pretty fast. You do learn fast. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. So that's kind of a perfect segue into my next question with regards to like tips for making it through the program. Let's talk the academic side of things first and then talk about the clinic side. Cause like you said, the two different stressors, very different opportunities and things that you have to worry about. So what kind of tips and tricks do you might have for students? Okay. Well, Shout out to my girl, Kels, because I met <laughs> like my bestie in Cairo school, like day one. And we had each other's back the whole time. And if whether, you know, she excelled in the academics and I was more the social side and we kind of balanced each other out that way. Um, so like get social, I guess that's my biggest thing in the academic part part. And I'm not saying like social, like, go oh, be partying every weekend with your friends do that. Of course but social in the way that like, if you're struggling in a class, ask somebody for help, somebody in your class or ahead of you or something has the tools to get you by in that class. If you're just going to sit at home, miserable being like, Oh my God, I'm going to fail this test tomorrow. Like get somebody to help you. And then there's so many tutors at the school and all of that. Um, yeah, find that person or that friend or the tutor, the upper court, honestly, the upper quarters have got to be the best thing to get you through the program. Even if it's just one quarter of head, they just went through it. How did they pass the test? Or what was the test like? What does the professor, how did they word their questions? Or, or, you know, like everybody Mm -hmm. knows going to Dr. Doe's class that his quizzes are going to, you know? So, oops, (laughs) name drop. But, um, you know, you can't, you you gotta, someone's got to give you that insight. Like, hey, this is how you study for this. And I think that's how I got, is really just, talking to people and being like someone help me i'm freaking out i'm gonna fail anatomy and someone's like no you're not i got you I'm get you through this i can totally agree to that it takes a village man yeah the community village. the community is absolutely second to none i feel yeah. like the quarters above you the couple quarters above you and then the quarter below you a couple quarters below you end up being know really well because those conversations happen and you kind of feel like you have each other's backs because you have to help each other out it's they pay it forward sort of thing. Um, yeah. I don't know. That's what I felt like in the last two years of our program. Yeah. Definitely sure. disconnect though with, because of COVID. Yeah. Disconnect with like, I would say from the people that are in like quarter four and, and lower. It's like, that's yeah. true. It's stuff that we don't know them. Well, hopefully now that, you know, things are yeah. back person and there's events and stuff that like could right. now happening again. Yeah. I would hope. Yeah. But reach out, reach out, reach out, find those people. <laughs> Misery yeah. loves company, right? <laughs> I guess. I guess. <laughs> so now leading into the next one, the clinic side of things. Mm-hmm. Tips for us that are getting into outpatient clinic and kind of touch on, we talked a little bit before we got started recording, but touch on finding patients, dealing with the stress of actually having these people as problems in your hands, um, not feeling competent, but then being able to deal with it anyway, sort of thing. Kind of touch on your experience. Yeah, a whole other ball game in there for sure. I'm kind of one of those people that I can't just sit around and and wait for somebody to pass me a patient or get something done for me. So I really like 
dove in, hit the ground running. And I know it's so annoying to be in Cairo school and be, you know, just trying to pass your classes and whatnot. And people be like, go network, go tell people you're a chiropractor, go this. Well, you know, what? there's a to that. <laughs> it's like, there's a reason they say that. And I guess like, I don't know, I can't remember what teacher ever told us this, but they said, everywhere you go, every single person should know you're a chiropractor. Like, yell it from the rooftops, tell, tell everybody what you do so that people are like, Oh yeah, I have this thing. I should come see you. So for me, it was like extracurricular stuff. So I'm a big golfer. So I'd be on the golf course, some old dude clutching his back at the clubhouse and kid you not, I'd be like, I'd always have cards on me. I'd be like, Hey, yeah, I saw you like clutching your back. I don't know if you're getting care for that or whatever, but like help you. Here's my card. We take insurance, (laughs) like come see me. Um, and then I was telling you guys this earlier, but Facebook, holy social media is your best friend. Right. Even just thinking, like I've seen lots of other students, just, just a quick post being like, Hey guys, I'm in the clinic now. Come see me. I want to help you. I want to treat you joining mm-hmm. a bunch of random Facebook groups. That was my biggest thing. Um, I was telling the boys too, like Bumble biz, it's a dating app, but it's, there's a business <laughs> side of it. You can make a profile. You can say, Hey, I'm a chiropractic intern. This is what I treat. This is what I like. I had patients flowing through the door and I was done my numbers by the end of 12th quarter, actually 11th, but I was still like sort of treating throughout 12th, which wow. is like, it's pretty early to be done. Yeah, um, that's why you were golfing so much. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, and then where? I'm on the golf course and people are like, Oh, can you, are you still treating? I'm like, no, but I have some people that are, let me send you their way. And I'm just like, <laughs> nice. <laughs> so yeah, that was definitely it. But I will say, uh, I didn't treat a lot in 12th quarter because I was like, quote unquote, done my numbers. Um, but if I were to do it again, I would treat more through 12th quarter. I feel like yeah. I kind of stopped. Like I was like, Oh, I'm done. I'm good. Um, if I were to do it, yeah, I wouldn't just like keep treating, keep your hands on people for sure. Don't lose your touch. Right. Cause then I think that's why I felt so unconfident coming out of 12th. Cause I was like, Oh, huh, I haven't really treated anyone in a while. Yeah. So don't fully recommend that. And don't get stressed about the numbers. Everybody hits them. Everybody gets out of there when they need to. So. Yeah. Oh. It's kind of, I guess the first couple of weeks of 10, the only thing on your mind like I'm constantly looking at my P file, just like, all right, how am I going to get all these? Yeah. <laughs> but once you get a few patients going, you realize um, it's okay. Like everyone's going through this same thing with you. That's right. And those numbers are daunting for sure. But like the point of being in the clinic is to like gain your skills, mm-hmm. more efficient, get confidence, definitely try and treat under lots of different clinicians. They all have something to give for sure. Like I've taken right. away just little tidbits from all of them. And yeah, I don't know, like you're going to leave the clinic of like probably multiple times, especially in 10th quarter being like, what am I doing? Oh my gosh, I'm so useless. Help. Yeah. So, um, can I, can I do this? And then it will slowly come. I think like 11th is the prime quarter. That's like the quarter. You got less class. You're really like really in the clinic, really ramping up your patients. 10th, they're like grooming you for 11th and then 12th, you get to like peter off and then you get to head out. So don't stress. (laughs) Um, Sorry, Justin, I'm going to hijack this and do it. Kind of take it towards Canadian side for for a second. Yeah, do it. Aaron, did you write your part C's recently? I actually didn't. I opted 
to wait on C. I'm going to do them in February, but I did just take B last weekend. You took part B's? Yeah. Nice. How was that? Pretty rough. Not going to lie. B's rough. Yeah. Um, The first part was like pretty good. Felt confident coming out of the first half. And then the second half rocked us all pretty good. I'm getting the sense from everybody else that they had a similar consensus, but um, I just, I think because Canadian boards really test a lot different than American boards. Um, yeah. So it's a whole other way of studying, you know, like mm-hmm. every question is a paragraph, it's patient presentation, telling you all the positive orthos and neuros and all of that. And then it's like, what do they have? Or what would you do? Or where would you go mm-hmm. from here? What exercise? So it's a, it's, a, it's a marathon. I think the hardest part of that test is just getting through it, reading them all, which is not yeah. getting hungry or tired or whatever. Um, what? But yeah, I heard these went well for people. I can't say much on it because I haven't taken them. Yeah. Okay. I'm taking A's in February. I guess me and yeah, four or five Canadians that are eligible, we're going to take them. Um, okay. So I'm, I'm starting to study for A's now, but I thought I'd just yeah. see what people... Oh. A is kind of similar to B in the sense that uh, they're pretty strenuous questions. They're all going to give you, you know, it's not going to be like Americans where it's a one sentence and four answers, you know. Right. But there is a little bit more of the academic-y, wordy association stuff on A. So, like, they'll give you patient presentation, like, their wrist extensors are weak. What root or division of the brachial plexus is hindered? Stuff like Mm -hmm. that. Whereas like B is more just totally differential diagnosis. There's like a bit of yeah. like ethics kind of stuff on it. But yeah, A, if I have any piece of advice for A, it's just know the brachial plexus like the back of your hand. <laughs> <laughs> that, back, that to, uh, back to anatomy <laughs> one. <laughs> yeah, honestly, you're like, oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, okay, cool. That's what I wanted to ask. <laughs> Perfect. So along those lines, what is next for you? You're in San Diego precepting. Mm-hmm. Are yeah. you going back to Canada? Are you sticking in the U.S.? What's the plan? If you I don't have, mind sharing. No, I don't mind. Um, I have no plans to return to Canada. I love California a lot. I'm a big beach gal. I'm a scuba diver. I like to be near the ocean. So um, definitely hoping to stay. Just got my OPT approved, which is, um, optional practical training. It's like a one year freebie visa that Canadians can get. You're kind of like quote unquote sponsored by the school to stay as long as you're practicing chiropractic. So I have a year starting February 14th. And then pretty much as soon as I start working here, I'll be looking at the next option for a visa to stay. If for some reason it doesn't work out, this is why I'm being Canadian board certified as well in the off chance I have to head home. But gotcha. no plans to leave San Diego. I love it here. Nice. Is it, good luck uh, looking like, yeah, good luck. Is it looking like it's going to pan out that you might end up with the precept that you're at right now? Post? Um, it's looking pretty good. Yeah. Nice. nice. I nice. That's I feel good. myself, but it's definitely on the table, I believe. Um, but there's a few factors playing into it that I haven't quite figured out yet, but yeah, it'd be a good option. And then I think there's a lot of chiropractors in San Diego, um, which is like a good and a bad thing. But I think the good part about it is that there's a lot of job opportunity here. So mm-hmm. strangely, the, the employment part is, is uh, not too, too stressful for me. Cause I feel like there's lots of opportunity. 
Right. So I'm going to pass par fours, hopefully. <laughs> then I'll start thinking about finding that there job. There you go. <laughs> One step at a time. Yeah. Nice. So you got threes and fours left. Okay. Yeah. Fours are in a couple weeks. And then right. I'll do uh, Yeah. Nice. Are you going to, you can't do remote proctoring for C's, right? You have to no, be there. That one's in person. Yeah. Same yeah. with, same with fours. Yeah. Did you do remote proctoring for B's? I did. Yes. I took the exam right here in my apartment. <laughs> nice. Okay. After this is done, I'm going to text you about, um, just that whole process. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's pretty easy and such a nice option to not have to go there. Um, I hope Hopefully for you guys, they keep it as an option because I don't really see the point of having to go do it in person. Also, I know someone who did be in person last weekend and they wrote mm-hmm. the test paper and there's oh. like, there's x-ray images and stuff on B that you have to read and, and answer questions on. And they were saying that it was quite difficult to read the x-ray on paper. So honestly, Ooh. the remote proctoring sounds like the way to go, even if you are in the area. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that would save, that saves me easily. Like the test itself is 850. Mm-hmm. Uh, the flight in the hotel would be another close to 850. So. Yeah. Like you might as well. And you really yeah. like, you don't need much for it. You know, you, no. you use your phone for one camera, you take the test on your laptop, you download a program, you make sure your Wi-Fi is strong and bam, you're Good set. You yeah. Nice. nice. Uh, a couple of last questions, maybe one last question. What sort of uh, hands-on certs or skills do you feel students should look into while they're at school? Uh, Besides adjusting, of course. Uh, I mean, I think it definitely depends what way you see yourself going. I think if you're going to do pediatrics and prenatal, Webster's the way to go. Um, I pretty much know the Webster protocol just from being with my precept. But I know that a lot of people look for those things, look for mm. chiros that have those certs. So I would definitely consider doing that. Active release. I, I People have really differing opinions on active release technique. Um, I took upper and lower extremity already. I'm looking to do spine. I don't know if I'll recertify it every year because it's expensive and, yeah. and whatnot. But I will say that's probably the one thing A, I use the most and B, I learned a lot doing because you have to really know every muscle, you know, origin, insertion, action, where you put your thumb to do it. And I think like that's the money maker with Kairos. Like if you can really provide some good soft tissue, even if it's just brief before adjusting or whatever, that's again, this is my opinion. I know some people would be like, no way, the money's in the adjustment. <laughs> but uh, for me personally, I like always really liked being treated with active release. So, I like giving it. I did DNS. Um, I think I did the basic level one, not the exercise one, but the other one. Like A? Um, A, yeah, A. Okay. I did it a long time ago. I think if I were to recommend, if people are going to do it, do it closer to when you're going to actually be treating patients and can put it into practice because I, yeah. I definitely have forgot a lot of it. And it's a pretty expensive course, so it's not really something you want to forget. Speaking of uh, A, there is a DNSA in San Diego in oh. December, December 4th, I believe. It's a weekend, oh. whatever weekend that is. It's like 600 bucks for students. Which so, is a killer price for DNS. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, so. I recommend that one. If you're big into like the rehab realm, that's definitely a good one. Um, I did Factor. Um, I feel like... 
the school does give you the skills you may need in terms of soft tissue, but I liked factor because it kind of hit a bit of everything like cupping, flossing, mm -hmm. grass, um, I guess they don't call it grass and instrument assisted soft tissue. And then I'm currently working on TPI, which is the golf, um, the golf course, <laughs> I don't know, all that biomechanics of swing and how you help golfers and whatever. And with that comes, um, if you do the second level, you get SFMA, which is like movement screens. I think you guys have done that. Mm -hmm. And that I think is a really good one. I think if you're assessing people's movement and you want to help them rehab in, into their own, you know, sport or whatever it is, that's a really, really good tool to have. But again, like it's kind of what you feel you like. I know, I know people that did AK and they use it when they treat or, um, what else even is there? I feel like I did so many. <laughs> there are so many options. And I was just, uh, just curious as far as the route you went. And I know we talked on a little bit as far as the breadth of availability and options that Kairos have. So I was just mm -hmm. curious as to your opinion on the matter. Um, I think the three yeah. of us have a similar opinion as far as soft tissue or mm -hmm. NLT, pin and stretch, whatever you want to call it. Um, a little more of the that sort of sports, more or less based chiropractic care, but yeah. Um, um, yeah. I think too, like when you're choosing a preceptor, you should choose someone that you align with, as in like mm -hmm. go precept with somebody that is gonna treat or is treating the way you see yourself treating. So the reason I chose mine is because she does exactly what I foresee myself doing with my patients, which is the patient comes in, she talks to them face-to-face -face without even touching them yet, gets their subjective, sees, sees how they're doing, how the last treatment was, then they get on the table. Then she does a bit of soft tissue, release, all that kind of stuff. Then she'll do whatever adjustment necessary. And then every single person goes home with a little bit of homework, you know, like a bit mm -hmm. of strengthening or stability or whatever it is their condition needs. And that's how I foresee myself treating. They're 30-minute appointments. They're a little longer but they're more expensive. So it kind of balances out. And then she gives the option is if you just want an adjustment, it's a 15 minute appointment. It's cheaper. And I, that's kind of like exactly how I could see myself treating. And so that was why I chose her. Got it. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. That flows down to the same, same thing as what I like to do right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. 15 minutes would be nice. If you can get that down to 15, that'd no. be nice. Yeah. <laughs> That would be nice to smash into 15 minutes. I guess maybe you could cut out the talking to them face to face and be speaking mm -hmm. to them while you're starting their soft tissue. Yeah. Yeah. But sometimes you miss those little things, like something that may have happened in their week or, you know, I think a lot of patients are like, oh, I just love my chiropractor because they just, they get me. They listen to me. Right. You know, they're not huffing and puffing and out of breath the whole time I see them. Yeah. You know, it to they, totally depends on the area you're in and like how much you can charge. Yeah. Yeah. But For no, sure. that sounds awesome that you, I'm happy that you found a preset that is exactly that you wanted. Yeah. I'm currently in the process of doing the same. Kind of hard when you can't go see them because I'm going to go back home. Yeah. Um, but I just, I shadow on my break. So that's usually how I find out. I'm not do it. Like, yeah. I shadowed a lot of Kairos out here, and I was like, ooh, good thing I went to see them because I would not have been happy if I had just <laughs> yeah. them. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I think, like, yeah, that's a huge thing is, like, yeah, you, you have your breaks, and you're like, I just want to go home and relax and whatever. 
but yeah, you got to get out there and shadow them. I think just choosing one out of the blue is, is pretty tough or, or at least have a recommendation. Someone that's either precepted with them before or knows the doctor personally, or can like give you a a word in or whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. Losing one would be a gamble for sure. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I guess other, I guess the other thing to think about. I, I'm not thinking about this, but I know it's pretty common for people to think about this. Is the opportunity after the preceptorship to get a job? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. a big thing. And actually, that was something that I was throwing out there when I did it. I was like, "Hey, listen, I get this one-year freebie visa, but I only have this much time to be unemployed on it. Like, I need employment, and I need this to be on the table as like a topic of conversation." Right. Um, it was with my girl. So I got really lucky in that sense. Cause I almost went with somebody else thinking that that opportunity wasn't there. Mm-hmm. And thank God I brought it up with her because if I hadn't, I would have never known. And then, so there you go. Happy with, with my situation now. And I'm like, glad I made the decisions I did, but I wouldn't have been able to make that decision if I didn't ask those questions. So right. you got, like, just cause you're a student doesn't mean you don't have any kind of, you know, pull. You right, can, right. Yeah. Like you can ask those questions. You can be direct. You can be like, Hey, listen, like I got a lot of student debt. I need a job after this. Right. Believe in me. Believe in me. Let's do this. And these people were also in the same shoes, like however many years ago too. So. Right. Yeah. 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 Totally right. You better be comfortable with just bringing that up. And being transparent and vulnerable is huge as well. I think. Yeah. Showing that you're willing to take that, that leap and ask that question is huge. Yeah, mm-hmm. and if like, oh God, no! Why are you asking me that question? And be like, okay, yeah, maybe this wasn't meant to be. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I don't know. Exactly. Yeah. Or if you just want to go live in a city for three months because you have the opportunity to, and then you know you're going to go, you know you have a job somewhere else after. Mm-hmm. Want to use this time to experience it? Sure, that's fine too. Mm-hmm. All very personal, I think. So. Absolutely. The yeah. beauty of our profession: you can do that's what right. you want, where you want. Yeah. Sure well, can. do you have anything else to add? Any other questions, Danny, or anything you want to add, Aaron? Uh, no questions for me. Just wanted to say thanks to Aaron. Good luck with everything. Uh, we'll stay in touch. Thank you. Uh, yeah. yeah. That's all I got. Thanks for coming on and uh, look out for the next episode coming up shortly. Thanks, guys. Thanks.